Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. He's running a whole kit and caboodle over at uh, Fansided these days as their editor-in-chief. To me, he's an NFL insider. He's Jason Cohen. He's here with us on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Jace? I'm great. What's going on, Jody? Uh, good. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for asking. Uh, not so good for the National Football League with what transpired in Cleveland the other night. Uh, and uh, there, there are two stages to these things now. What happens on the field and then how the NFL deals with it afterwards in meriting out fines and punishments and everything else. Uh, so I'll start there. How good, bad, or indifferent a job did Roger Goodell at all do in handling the melee in uh, Pittsburgh after the fact? Oh, they were immediate. I mean, they took care of the rest of the season, which is six games for, for Garrett, which is about right. Um, you know, I know it's indefinite, so it could go into next season. I mean, that would be ridiculous to me. Um, if you look at the Antonio Smith penalty for, or, you know, fine and suspension for basically the same thing and what Albert Haynesworth got, I think, it, I think five or six games is right in the ballpark of what it should be. Yeah, it's ugly. Um, it was stupid. You know, like the impulse control. You know, even if Mason Rudolph said what he said. Said what he allegedly said. Right. Yeah, if if he did, and that's an if, okay, because there's certainly a denial on his side. If he said something um, racially insensitive, Miles um, Garrett has you know has to keep it cool because this is hurting his team and distracting from a victory where these teams are trying to get on the same path. And if it's true, you just you go and face that man somewhere else or you deal with it through the league um, quietly. Now, if Mason Rudolph said it, you better get prepared to get your your ass handed to you as well. <laughs> but um, you, know, this, you deserve that if you say it, um, in a sense. But, you know, this is fo- football and have rules. So I don't have a problem with the penalty. I'm very, I have some big questions about who's telling the truth in this one um, or what was actually said. Um but six games is uh, at the end of the day, six games is about right. And the NFL is on target with this one. All right, fair enough. Um, to the racial epithet that was supposedly thrown out by Mason Rudolph, but denied by him and accused of it by Miles Garrett, but not till more than twenty-four hours after the fact. Unfortunately, NFL Films or uh, whatever broadcast network had the game didn't have mics close enough to uh, confirm or deny what was or wasn't said. Somehow they catch Sam Donald talking about ghosts on the sidelines, but they can't get Mason Rudolph supposedly throwing well, racial like epithet. The is a little upset about the Jets coverage, but that's okay. Uh, understood. Um, <laughs> there's no the, – it, it's, it's becoming he said, he said thing. So there's no way for the NFL to prove it, even if players on the field wanted. I was right there. I was blocking for him. I kicked him after the fact because I would have never kicked him if I heard him. Here's the other thing about the whole thing, okay? They're basically face-to-face, right? Like, And 
there's all this noise. Like it's not like this ha- this happened in a library. Okay, so so you know the fact that somebody else didn't hear it. Yeah, there's no definitive proof. The only two people who really know what was said are Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett, right? right. Uh, I, the 24 hours thing, I don't necessarily, you know, um, say that, oh, that's proof that he's not guilty because Garrett should have said something right then. I don't know about that. What, what if he's trying to get himself calmed down and, and measure the situation and wants to deal with it in private. What if he want if he what if he doesn't want what if he thinks, you know, if I say this out loud, there are consequences to me saying out loud that affect a lot of people. I would rather say it in private to the league and deal with it privately. What if that is how he's been taught to deal with these things? And to well, not, but hasn't he also been t- not taught to not swing his helmet at a guy who doesn't have a helmet I, on? I, 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 right, but this may, he, he had he had time to think between the moment when he reacted and when he talked after the game. There's a cooling off period. There's you know ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. It was probably a good half hour, and he had a time to consider what was he going to say, and he chose not to say it at that point in time. Maybe, or maybe he's making it up. I don't know. But the the fact that people sit here and say, "Well, he should have said it right after the game." I, I don't necessarily buy that. Okay. I really don't. Now, again, um, if you're going to say that, you better have some pretty good proof. Otherwise, it's a private moment between you and, and Mason Rudolph where you got to look at him and say, look, I know what you said, and if I get my shot at you, I'm not, I'm not holding up, pal. And, you know, that's sort of, sort of what happens with that one. And Mason Rudolph has to deal with it. But, you know, when you don't have definitive proof, it makes it hard to make an accusation like that. You have, you know, and, that, and that's, that's the difficult part of this whole process. Jason Cole, NFL Insider and Chief of Fansider, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, back to the football aspect of it. How badly are the Browns going to miss Miles Garrett? Well, I mean, he's their best player. Uh, you know, on the entire team. He's better than Odell, and he's better than Baker Mayfield. Now, he's not as important as Baker Mayfield because Mayfield's quarterback, but he's their best player. So they're going to miss him a lot. From a leadership standpoint, I don't think they'll lose anything. I mean, Garrett hasn't really been focused all season. And, you know, look, what people tell me from inside that building are he's not a leader. Um, He's a big kid who happens to be really, really good at football and plays it because he makes a lot of money but he's not totally in love with the game. So from that standpoint, I don't think they lose much, but he is freakishly talented. So, you know, from that perspective, yeah, like you need to have guys who impact the X's and O's of the game. He impacts the X's and O's of the game. But do you really think Cleveland's going anywhere anyways? I mean, I know that they'd like to dream about making a run here in the second half, but I don't think it's happening. Mm. You know, I I mean, I I do think that the, the wild card spots in the AFC are pretty wide open, and a nine and seven team, or maybe even an eight and eight team, could make it. But I don't think that I don't think that Cleveland's getting to eight and eight. Well, I'll just and if Miles Garrett were playing, because I I'm with you, I think he's their best player. Might not be the most integral player because you're right, quarterback as compared to a defensive pass rusher. The rest of their schedule is Miami at Pittsburgh. 
the hapless Bengals, Arizona, Baltimore. All right, that's an L. And then Cincinnati again. So that's a pretty soft last six and what are the, and six what are games. They, they're four and six. They're four and six, yeah. So they're going yeah, to be favored play, in yeah. probably they're, five well, of the it, games. Put it that way. They're, they're the favorite in five of those games. They should win at least four. So, yeah, there is a shot at eight and eight. But, God, I just – the quality of how they have played overall for this season, it, they're eight and eight only because the conference is so bad. True. And that's part of it. It's, it gets even difficult to get to eight and eight with out Miles Garrett, which they have to deal well, you with. Two, you got two games against Cincinnati and got Miami. In it. I mean, those are – those teams are, are basically no shows. You got to take advantage of that. All right. Uh, what effect, if any, does it have on Mason Rudolph? Well, I don't think it has any because it can't be proved. But if you could prove it, yeah. I mean, and, and I would say this: if I'm one of his teammates, I'm probably looking at going. So what happened? And you know, I, I kind of want to know. You know where are you where are you at? What what's going on in your head? What you know is this true? So yeah, there's some suspicion there. But I think we live in an age, um, especially if you're under the age of thirty, where things have to be. You know, people want to see proof. They want to see something definitive. They want to see it on camera. They want to see it recorded. Um, we live in an ed TV world where you know, video and audio is so prevalent that neither side believes anything, you know, about about anything unless they see it in actual video. I mean, newspapers have no efficacy at all in this day and age unless they have a video of the incident or audio of an incident. That's right, true. People like hands-on stuff. Um, how would you describe Rudolph's play? Is he the future quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? And does this particular incident have much impact on that? How do you judge when he's playing with all that crap that he's playing next to? I mean, come on. I mean, like, the offensive line's okay, but, you know, Connor's been hurt, and, you know, Smith-Schuster, yeah, You know, they're learning he's a number two. They don't really have a tight end. I mean, like they just don't have any weapons on that team right now, yeah. And and so I think it's kind of hard to judge that guy. I think he looks okay, but if I'm Mike Tomlin or Art Rooney, like when's Ben getting back? When's he going to be healthy? We'll see if Ben Ben better hang in there because uh, Eli and Philip Rivers, the class of 2004, is not going well these days. Uh, Rivers having a bad game the other night, uh, throwing four picks and the late interception, which took the Chargers out of that game. I right, uh, one other team I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned, well, what does uh, Mason Rudolph really have around him? I'm asking the same question about Carson Wentz and the Eagles these days because their wide receivers just have an unbelievable case of the drops. Zach Ertz is a very good tight end. Um, the running game's okay, but Howard is a great tight end. Very good. All right, call him great if you want. I might be shortchanging him, uh, but their wide receiving core is a bad and b hurt. And Carson Wentz is getting second guess left, right, and center down in Philadelphia. Is he one of those guys you go? Well, how can you really judge when he's being asked to play with what he's being asked to play with? I think he's actually played pretty well. I mean, I. Do you think that? I mean, I don't think that Carson Wentz has played played poorly this year. I don't think the results are great, but when you're, I mean, when you're you're talking about them leading the league in drops, which they do, 
How's that on Carson Wentz? That's <laughs> kind of what I say. But uh, down in Philadelphia, all people want to talk about is, yeah, but Nick Foles got us to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles got yeah, well, Nick they, Foles won the Super Bowl. What do they want instead? Oh, like to get Nick Foles back? I mean, I you know, I, you know, he's your quarterback. You know, live with it. You're not every player every year is going to be so hot, and you got to ride ride with guys as they figure it out. Especially guys, you know. I mean, we're talking the second year removed from the injury, but if your receivers are leading the league in drops, and your stats are pretty decent, other than that. Doesn't that mean you'd be playing good football if they would just catch the ball for you? That's what I think. Uh, last thing for Jason Cole. Same question uh, with Rudolph into Wentz, into another quarterback who's pretty well known um, as to whether he is what he once was or what level he's playing at and what he has around him and the like. Where is elder statesman Tom Brady at these days, according to Jason Cole? The way I would look at this, I mean, like, they don't have any weapons. They don't have weapons at tight end. They don't have weapons at receiver. Edelman, like, and I know people say, well, Edelman, Edelman. Edelman is really good as a complimentary player. You know, you don't live and die and change. You know, like, the opposing team doesn't change its X's and O's to deal with Julian Edelman. It just says, okay, we got to account for him a little bit, right? But they don't sit there and go, oh, God, he's going to, he scares us. Like, we got to roll coverage to him every single time, and we can't single him up at all. You know, you know that doesn't happen. So, to me, um, you know, the, the, the talk, the rumors about Antonio Brown being on their radar earlier this week made complete sense. The fact that they won't resign him also makes complete sense because they're just not going to go down that road. But as for Tom Brady, I, I'm – are you really going to bet against them? Yeah, they're not. You look up and they're nine and one. Even though I watched the whole game last week against the Eagles, their offense looked less effective than I can remember it probably since Brady got there. And nobody does put the fear of God into. But they're nine and one, and it doesn't matter how they win, how they do it, they still get the nine and one. If your if your mortal soul is resting on it, are you betting against them? Well, uh, if the Ravens get there that's in the championship. No, that's a no, Joe. Jim. The Ravens get there in the championship game. We got five more weeks, six more weeks of regular season, and we'll see how the yeah, playoffs shake but, out. But I like the hesitation. Get, I get back to me in late January. I'm at least thinking about it. Right now, the answer is no. You're right. The answer would be no today, but I'm going to give the Ravens the chance to continue doing what they're doing because they're pretty damn exciting. Jason yeah, Griggs. I mean, they, they, need, they need guys. That's what the bottom, what the bottom line is. Fair, fair enough. Jason, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate whenever you hop on. We'll do this again soon. Thanks, bud. Absolutely. Take care. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.